I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back, Wildcats, to Wildcat Radio, the most interesting podcast in your face covering Arizona football news, Arizona basketball news, and Arizona recruiting news, and heck yeah, Win against Texas Tech. We're going to celebrate that. We're going to break it down. Uh, first, you can follow the podcast for free on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn Radio. You name it, we are there. Follow us on Twitter at Wildcat Radio AZ, Wildcat Radio AZ. And we have some changes coming. Very excited about this. We have some changes coming. We're not going to announce them yet, but they they will. Keep keep an eye out. Keep an eye out. And definitely follow us on Twitter and subscribe. And you can follow our new website, sharpcollegefootball.com, where all of Rob's beta rank advanced college football statistical metrics, et cetera, all their tables, charts, you name it. Like if you liked what he did in previous years, like this is a whole new level of just being able to dive through all the data. Uh, so definitely check that out. Join to break down and celebrate a really impressive defensive uh, outing and um, just a real fun win for Arizona all around is Mr. Rick DeNice. What's up, Rick? Hey guys, um, it wouldn't be a uh, fall Saturday without golfing for eight hours and then having to stay up till eleven thirty at night watching Arizona football. Yeah, oh but yeah, happy we won. <laughs> happy we- and I should say, so uh, we are live, by the way, from the Vivid Seat Studio. Heck yeah, we are We're live. Or you can download their app, use the promo code Overtime, and you'll get a hundred dollars off of your first ticket purchase um, if you're a first time customer. So check that out; it's a really good deal. And this this podcast is also brought to you by the giant giant bottle of Prosecco that I won at our golf tournament, Rick. So much appreciated. Thank you very much. No um, problem. Also here to break down the game, as always, is Mr. Rob Bowen. What's going on, Rob? Hey, I was up till like two, so eleven thirty. Get out of here, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I always forget that aspect. Yeah, you're three up. <laughs> um couple things to that. First of all, I am so used to and so spoiled by Pac-12 After Dark, where there's usually like three or four games on at the same time, that watching one game with no other games going on with all the commercial breaks is one of the worst experiences of my life. Like, I, <laughs> Even though we were winning, I'm like, oh, my God, can we just please like this game is over. Can we can we just fast forward to this stuff? I'm always so used to cutting over me like, oh, UCLA is getting killed by Oklahoma. That's great. I'll watch that for a bit. That, that only lasted for about a quarter. Um, the other thing, too, is Rod Gilmore, who is a. Um, who has been mocked sometimes by people by being like really conservative. He'd be like, you know who I really love as a play caller is David Shaw. That guy just is so conservative and it blows my mind. We're like, Hey Rod, like you can go for, you can go for two sometimes. <laughs> like um, he, he's really tightened that up and he called the Arizona game. He was excellent. He knew that he knew the team. He knew who was injured. He knew the weaknesses and the strengths. He was calling out plays, not like Tony Romo style before they happened, but right afterwards he would say, Hey, watch this. So I really enjoyed him uh, announcing the game. Rick, did, what do you, what do you, what are your thoughts on Rod Gilmore? You know, I've, I've, 
I've always had a love hate relationship with Rod because I feel like that he has times where he will say the most mundane, um, uh, like innocuous, uh, comments. And then, uh, the next play, like, you know, he'll actually have some great insight. And I mean, in terms of like ESPN personalities, he's probably in the bottom third. And that's why he gets like the late night games that, you know, only a quarter of the country's watching. But, you know, I, I, you know, I can take him over, um, you know, a few other personalities that have shuffled through ESPN late night, um, you know, back in the day. So, yeah, I was going to say, you know, his personality might be on like a two, but sometimes you don't want Dick Vitale. Like you just, and and, and, and that includes every Arizona fan. Every, every time. <laughs> um, Rob, your thoughts on Rod Gilmore. I thought he was good. I mean, he's, he, he's, I thought he was pretty good. I mean, they're, they're definitely guys that drive you crazy. And I think tend to, to like, when given the opportunity, just tend to fill the game with platitudes, but Gilmore, you know, calls out the plays. You're right. Like he knew what he was talking about there. And yeah, I mean, it was a pretty straightforward game. So you didn't get a lot of this, you know, crazy conservatism. <laughs> let's, um, let's talk defense first. Cause that is by far the, the story of the game. Um, Texas tech still threw for 307 yards, but two of two interceptions. And I think a couple of them, or at least one of them was definitely masked by the defense that, um, that Marcel Yates was was uh, scheming with and held Texas Tech to 104 yards rushing. I just but really the story of the game was how aggressive and um, and focused that this defense was from the defensive line to the linebackers to the secondary where Lorenzo Byrne had himself a heck of a game. Rob, what stood out for you most in terms of the just complete change, right? If you were to tell us, Hey, Khalil Tate is going to go 14 for 23 with two interceptions um, against Texas Tech. Is Arizona going to win by two touchdowns? <laughs> <I've been> like <laughs> jokes on you. Um, yeah. But we but we did like we really did. And, and it was because the defense really was able to um, pull something out that we haven't seen. And what was it that made the difference? I mean, I, I think the personnel change uh, made a huge difference in this defense. I mean, the 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 two JUCO guys um, really had not been working in their rotation in on the four two five on the inside, um, so they, you know, dropped it down to uh, one nose tackle and you know brought in uh, Pandy, who had been splitting uh, playing time with Tony Fields, and uh, it really added uh, you know another playmaker onto the field, which I think is where they needed to do it. I mean, I, I I tend to disagree. There are some people going on Twitter that Arizona already needs to go back to the the, the four down linemen. Um, I just I don't think that makes sense given who your actual playmakers are. And, and Pandy had a pretty good game in the game, and it 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 you didn't see. You didn't see a tremendous drop off in Arizona's ability to either plug rushing holes or, you know, eventually even get some some, you know, some kind of pressure on the quarterback um, there. So it was it was it was good. I mean, I I I thought that uh, it worked and it it didn't, you know, it could have been worse in a lot of ways, but they were they were good. And the the coverage was terrific out of the corners. I mean, Whitaker and, and, and Burns, you had called out like they just had great games. Oh, absolutely. And Rick, right before we hit record, you were talking about how it appeared like basically we were letting them run around and go man to man and see what they had. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I, I haven't watched the full film again, but in taking a look um, from from what I remember last night, 
there was a lot of man-on-man coverage and, and allowing our playmakers to kind of get in the right position, um, Jace Whitaker specifically, um, to have an impact and have an effect and taking away, you know, part of the field. Um, I think Michael Lev alluded to the fact that he was kind of playing a like slot corner cover man type style. Um, you know, every once in a while would drift back into like more of a free safety role. Um, it was really refreshing to kind of see that. And, you know, I think last night was a good example of, um, you know, I think coaching done right in terms of, you know, getting your playmakers on the field and getting them in a position to play. And when you see that three, three, uh, that three, three, five look, um, that, that, you know, I think they showed a lot last night. It really gives you a lot of flexibility in terms of the blitzes that you're going to, the blitz packages you're going to run. Um, and as you guys talked about with Anthony Pandy, you know, he may be a, um, you know, a true, um, you know, raw blitzing linebacker and, and, you know, getting somebody like that versus, um, you know, maybe having JB Brown coming off the end, I think was, you know, really great adjustment that, that they showed. So, um, really liked, you know, for, I think the first time in almost four years, what I saw out of Marcel Yates and, and what the game plan was going in. Yeah. That in the Oregon game, he said, he said, yeah. he said one or two moments. So, you know, yeah. you smoke him when you got him right. <laughs> no, I no, really, it, it was, it was just nine day and we would be remiss if we didn't say that. And like, you know, that's a testament to Yates and the team that he has. And just really was very excited to watch that defense play the first time for the first time in a while. One, one item just to flag here is that um, I really thought Texas Tech's play calling was pretty terrible. Like it, it reminded me sometimes of Arizona's offenses in the past where it's screen pass, screen pass, bomb it 40 yards down the field, screen pass, screen pass bomb, bomb, run up the middle, run up the middle. There wasn't a whole lot of creativity um, outside some interesting screen uh, passes that they were doing. So that made it even easier. But with that said, too, um, it was just really good to see Arizona stamp that out because how awful would it have been if they were doing that stuff and were, and were scoring touchdowns? I'm like, oh, my gosh, uh, it'd be really, really frustrating to see. But Dan, did you guys see were you guys not impressed with Matt Wells and the, the game plan that he and his offensive coordinator had? Yeah, I think that's about. I mean, I, I I think that they had some some missed opportunities there. I, I also think that I, I watched uh you know, the, the, the game that they played against UTEP and I even watched some of their Montana state tape. I know that their left tackle had been out in those games. I wasn't super impressed with their offensive line through those games. Um, and I think that I, I think it kind of showed in this game. I, I think Arizona faced, you know, an offensive line that might end up if you grade them out at the end of the year with like pro, a pro football focus, look like they may grade out worse than Hawaii's. But go ahead. And, go ahead, Rick. Yeah. And I was going to say, you know, I think you guys are spot on with the play calling. I would say though, that when you talk about the focus coming from the defense, um, the, the pursuit is really what I noticed a lot last night and yeah. really the pursuit of the entire team sideline to sideline. Um, you know, even those, those two, two, uh, JC defensive tackles, um, you know, that we have have in, I think they're really, you know, starting to come into the zone in terms of conditioning. Um, and you really saw a lot of movement from the entire team in terms of gang tackling. Um, and even, even if the first guy missed, there were a couple guys there to kind of clean it up. So that's that's really, I think, one of those things where you know it's it's going to be important to pay attention to uh, the UCLA game in a couple weeks and see you know if they can continue um, you know that level of pursuit because they were as focused and locked in um, as I've seen the defense within you know the last year and a half. Well, I was going to say, I mean, we should also I mean, really give the secondary a, a huge pat on the back there too. I mean, get to go again because man, Texas Tech's wide receivers were good. Um, they made athletic plays when they got the ball, when they got the ball thrown their way. I mean, Arizona had to work for it. I mean, the, the route running was generally crisp. Um, you know, Bowman sometimes made some poor decisions, but the, uh, the guys, I mean, like, um, 
what was his name? The the little guy, the little guy that ran that beautiful. Oh, uh, yes. That poster. Yeah. Like just Mannix. Yeah. I mean, like they, they ran some great routes um, and, and, you know, guys that have been, you know, taught to, to run routes well, catch at their hands and play physical. And uh, Arizona really had to match up and they did. Armand Shine made his way back, by the way. We had talked about yeah. this last week, but 13 carries, 68 yards. Arizona pretty much carried him in check. But um, I want to give him a shout out, although we didn't see Chase Coda or Costa. Come on, man. Get no. on the field. That, that would have been pretty exciting. <laughs> Especially with the, with how bad Bowman was playing early uh, in that first quarter. I mean, I was uh, I was shocked when he got injured. I, maybe, I think that was the second quarter when he got injured. I thought for sure we would see uh, the backup in there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And moving to the offense, first first and foremost, that last drive where Arizona just shoved it down Texas Tech's throat, 99 yards, no passing calls, just we will rush this and you will be so tired and you will cramp and you will have your hands on your knees. I mean, that was that was impressive, Rick. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it was one of the most impressive things I've seen from Arizona football in a long time. And to be honest with you, I didn't think that, you know, at least with the, the way the first half went, I didn't think that Arizona had that in them. And it was nice to see that we didn't just abandon the running game as well and that we were actually focused in, you know, trying to continue to pound it down their throats. And as soon as um, I think that third quarter rolled around um, and, and I, the announcers, um, you know, alluded to it as well. I think that there was a lot of tired bodies on that defensive side of the ball. And, um, you know, as soon as Arizona started wearing them down, you really saw the uh, the the ball start to move. I wish I would have live betted, betted, <laughs> place a live <laughs> bet on that, um, especially by the first the fourth quarter. I'm like, that defense yeah. is gassed. And we have three very good running backs and Khalil Tate that are going to run that ball. So good luck trying to come back and um and do anything in terms of stopping Arizona's offense. Uh, I would also, you know, bring on the the Khalil Tate 84 yard touchdown run, which is like uh, really really fun to watch. And Rob on 12 Pack Radio, you had highlighted that being kind of a new little new trick we have with uh, Noel Noel Mazzoni. Yeah, I mean he's he Mazzoni's you know standard offense, and he's you know everybody's at you know many of his other stops have criticized it the uh, the M zone offense, but he he's got basically some. Some air raid concepts, some old single back concepts, uh, you know, in the passing game. And then he's got a, a pro style zone, you know, running game um, that you see in a lot of spread offenses these days. But he added some things that you've seen Oklahoma doing more. Arizona's been, you know, pulling some guards, running some power. Uh, and that was a, a QB counter tray. Um, something that uh, in the last two years, Oklahoma has really run uh, a lot of. And it's uh, it was a beautiful play call. And Tate was off. Oh, he was gone. Like right, right when he broke that, I'm like, nope, <laughs> like nobody's catching that guy. That hole was so big that I, I think it was the guard that was running right next to him and he had nobody to block. It was amazing. That was such a, <laughs> such a great seal block on the end. It was awesome. Um, that was nice. Uh, you know, Gary Brightwell had himself a good game, two touchdowns, 85 yards on the ground. Bam Smith got in with nine carries, 63 yards. Uh, you know, the, the one, the one drawback would be, you know, look, 
everybody's going to focus on that 80 whatever yard from Khalil Tate. Through the air, though, 14 to 23, 185 yards and some bonehead plays, like just some real bad reads that he made. Two interceptions, but still, um, we won. And it was nice to see him run the ball a number of times. But, Rob, there, there was a couple times where I'm like, man, uh, like th- I, we're not going to get Khalil Tate from 2017. That's just that is not happening. We're, we're going to get good Khalil Tate on some games and not great Khalil Tate that isn't going to make the, the reads. Uh, and, and we're going to get the, this type of a stat line. But the difference in this game was the fact that the defense was able to hold Texas tech. I mean, that, that was really the story, but, um, I just want to flag that because ugh, like 18 for 23 and, um, he's running out of bounds for sacks and stuff. Like it, it was, it was a little rough sometimes. Well, I mean, some of that is, and I mean, this is something that I think I mean, people used to get, not that I am, you know, saying Brandon Dawkins was like the world's greatest quarterback or something like that. But a lot of the times, and this has been a problem for Arizona for years is, I mean, Tate's holding the ball because guys aren't getting open. And that was true in this game. Like, uh, you know, guys, there was, there were some instances where he missed some guys, but a lot of the times he's holding the ball because, you know, like the wide receivers just were not getting open. And it was, it was, it was tough. I, I, I think, I think Tate did make some bad throws. I mean, those two interceptions uh, were, some, were some pretty bad throws. And he, he, again, like he threw deep a little too often again, man, like I, I, I am excited for where this wide receiver core gets to, but uh, they did not have themselves a night last night. Is that what you saw, Rick? Yeah, I think, and and I think it's not necessarily through you know the first, second, or third reads. It's it's them coming back for the ball. Or if you look at good wide receiver cores across college football, you know they may cut off a route short and just kind of sit in a zone and and wait for him to throw. And and you know, in some of that, that falls on Khalil to make that decision and pull the trigger on you know other um, you know other plays. I think that you know they could do a much better job at kind of disengaging with that cornerback or with that safety and really coming back towards the ball and cutting that route off. Um, I will say this too, and I think some of the the way that um, they were able to spy on Tate last night, I think that really um, forced Khalil to make some bad decisions, especially early, as they were really uh, really pushing that spy up, and and you know once he got out of the pocket, really closing in on quickly on him. And um, you know I, I I still I guess the thing that I am concerned with, well two things. First is if we don't have a running game, um, it does not bode well for our offense um, to be able to move the ball through the air. And Khalil on his own with that wide receiver core at this point in the season um, are still not good enough to, um, you know, to kind of force the issue and and press that. Um, the other thing that I, I just kind of I, I guess I don't understand is the decision making, you know, four years in. I know that this is his second year under the Mazzoni system, but, um, you know, at some point, you know, you run out of bounds, just throw the ball away. I mean, there's no there. You've got basically two wide receivers flooding towards you. Um, just throw the ball at, at some random cheerleader, uh, you know, on the <laughs> sideline, and, and 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 don't take a you know don't take a nine yard sack because you know I, I think I think you know a good common theme for this year and and you know it's it's held true I think against NAU a little bit. It definitely held true against Hawaii. Is when Arizona does not pick up decent chunk yardage on first down it puts us in a hole and we are not a great team at closing that gap um down you know down on on third down we were this game i think we we're 15 of 21 but um you know we had some struggles early and i think that they amended a lot of those struggles later on but that's those are the two things that that still concern me that and on the flip side to put a good spin on this was 
How many times have you watched an Arizona defense give up third down after third down after third down and you want to go soak your head in an ice vat? Like, and, and that was the exact opposite this game. Like, I thought Arizona's defense on third down, I got to go back and look at the final statistics, but just watching the game and getting the feel from it, like, I was like, oh my gosh, like, we're going to stop them. <laughs> I felt confident for the first time in a while. We're going to, we got this third down, third and five. Good luck, Alan Bowman, because you're not going to hit this. And, and that was really the case. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I would even say that um, with Bowman being really inconsistent, almost him and Khalil Tate almost trading blows uh, in terms of inconsistency um, at different points in that game. And the fact that, um, you know, I guess the Texas Tech play calling, you know, just wasn't very good, I think really uh, helped support the defense. But again, I, you know, I would still maintain that was the best defensive performance we've seen, you know, at least in uh, 12. Uh, well, I would say since the Oregon game last year, but so that would make it eight. Just want to give some accolades to Jordan Brooks. So, and, and I thought Ronnie and Adam did a really good job with the guys um, from Texas Tech breaking down what to expect and where um, and what, what players to keep a look out for. And Jordan Brooks was like number, like was patient zero, basically. Like everybody was focused on that. And, and he certainly showed why that was the case. I mean, that guy was everywhere he i think he had an interception he was in our backfield he was making tackles he, he was the spy on khalil tate he's legit <laughs> like it was kind of a bummer that he's on texas tech man like it'd be really fun if he was on a team uh where there was like a full defense and stuff because man he, he's very very talented was there anybody else on texas tech that stood out for you rob yeah i think uh i really liked the what the running backs were doing i like shine actually like i, I don't think that they got great push from the offensive line in a lot of cases and I, I, I liked for the most part, I mean, I know they eventually got pushed around but and got worn down by just having been in the game so long. But I thought that their 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 tight front, that their three down linemen uh, and their linebackers did a, a, a pretty good job containing Arizona's run game like through three quarters and then it was over. But like I, I was surprised at how hard they made it for. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys were. I was surprised at how hard of a time Arizona was having running the ball inside. It felt like Hawaii all over again. <laughs> Do you see that, Rick? Yeah, and and actually, I thought um, I thought they did a fairly decent job at tying up um, our uh, our pulling guards um, in certain mm-hmm. aspects. And then um, what they would do is they would almost shoot down, um, you know, their Mike linebacker um, or their weak side backer um, into the gap and, and kind of slice through um, that gap. So I, I thought they had a really nice game plan coming in against our run game. And, and obviously that showed, and I think that they were swarming, but like, as Rob said, you know, I think that, that uh, eventually as soon as, or as, we kept pounding the rock um, in that second half. It really, um, you know, opened up uh, those holes because of, of the way that scheme kind of played out. And, uh, you know, those guys just getting a little bit more tired, a little bit slower throughout the game. All right. We want to talk special teams. No. <laughs> how, how are we still this bad on special teams? Uh, I mean, the, punting, the punting was better. I mean, the, like, I mean, it was a very low standard to hold. I mean, like, <laughs> Um, you know, uh, alternate. We've been alternating punters, but the punting was better. But like some of the decisions on punt return were truly inexplicable. Castile was terrifying. I think there were three that he fielded, and two he kind of went back on it, like he was fielding a catch, uh, being an outfielder in baseball. We criticized Rich Rodriguez on this podcast for not paying a special teams coach. I think the problem is now we're paying a special teams coach with like no results whatsoever. So, uh, <laughs> and I can 
And and I can understand. So we missed. I think we missed one field goal, right? Um, am yeah. I correct on that? Okay. And that was a. I mean that that was a long field goal. So I, you know, I kind of take that off the board. But yeah. Yeah. Me too. I, you know, I think I think I think it was fifty two yard, fifty something yards. Yeah, yeah I was think it was fifty one. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he so misses, he misses that. He's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, and and you can understand that. I mean, the leg was there. It was fine. But I mean, from a consistency standpoint, just just with punting. I mean, can we just go out and get a, an Australian rugby player like everybody else is doing and have like a consistent forty yard punt or a drunk I mean, or a drunk guy like you know just what, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> what what I, I'll take anything at this point. I, you know, I, I guess the I guess the point is is that you know we heard very positive things through. Uh, fall camp that you know we're going to have legitimate um, special teams and legitimate special teams with consistency and I, you know I think and and Rob can go on the data and the metrics but you know from from us not having consistent punting time after time after time puts our defense in such a hole and and it's a hole that we have to dig out of and even if we end up flipping the field um, it still will end ends up killing us somehow and and I just don't. I guess I, you know, I don't know enough about punting to, to really criticize like what they're doing. And maybe, maybe we should go out and find a former punter. That might be a good idea, but, uh, to, to comment, but I just sit there and I, I look at it and I go, you practice this every day. This is literally your, your singular focus is to get this ball off in, in uh, a quick fashion and get it down the field, 40 to 50 yards and uh, on, on average. And, and for me, I just, I, I just don't understand how we can't master that. That's how I, that's how I feel about bowlers, like professional bowlers. Like, Oh, this guy's really good. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's like all he does. He throws a freaking ball down. <laughs> that's it, right? It's like with punters, same thing. Uh, yeah, all you do is just kick the ball over there. Just do it, do it well. I don't know. Yeah, we we should we should find some punter, but I'm I'm not going to because punters are people. <laughs> so, so, well, I mean, it's 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 true. I mean, Rick's point sort of true though, because the you do now that you are paying special teams coaches. I mean, even when you weren't, but I mean, even now that you are, I suppose there's they don't actually they almost always are former football players who don't know anything about yeah. the actual specialists like right? springer like was a linebacker yeah they don't know anything about punting um and so those guys like there there was a story on it a couple of years ago they're mostly on their own like they're like they go look up they go to they go to camps they they look up instructional videos that kind of thing but like they're kind of mostly on their own trying to figure out what they're doing and what they should be doing and i just i I think for a school like Arizona, the way things are sort of going and have gone, and I mean they've got a true freshman, you know, punter that sort of didn't work out in the NAU game, and um, you know I'm sure he'll he'll you know improve over time. But uh, you're right. I mean, like USC has a like both of them are nearly 30. USC and UCLA both have like nearly 30 year old Australian punters that they just brought in this year, like. <laughs> I just feel like you just go like you just pay for a ticket to Australia and just like I don't know set up like a booth at the airport like you you want you want to come kick some balls in in, in Arizona sure well, I, I, oh go ahead Brian sorry uh, I I know I I just see in my mind when you say thirty year old kicker I see them like midlife crisis Camaro with a cigarette blaring like Nickelback pulling up to the you know, the parking lot like hey y'all. <laughs> here to kick some i love college it's like they're like they're like rug, they're like like pro rugby washouts you know because like i mean they're just their guys are like how did how did this old australian dude end up just like coming over and kicking and it's like in like salt lake city like a, yeah yeah 
there was there was one one kid or one I guess guy because he's only a couple years younger than us um, that that guy and I forget which team it was but they said he was an ice cream salesman and then before he got brought over to be a punter. <laughs> I mean, you you can't make that stuff up. <laughs> well, I mean, but but that's what I'm saying. Like you know, so as as with Arizona, like you know, if we were bringing in top level talent on both sides of the ball, then you can make up for having a weak special teams to some extent. But you know, when special teams is kind of like the uh, you know turd in the punch bowl, and the other two units are you know a little bit dysfunctional at times, it makes it really really tough. <laughs> well, I mean, we're nitpicking, right? This is the big win for Arizona. We win by fourteen <laughs> points, like at home at Texas Tech. I think a lot of people thought Texas Tech was going to throw. I mean, obviously Matt Wells and that offense is different now. They, they run the ball more, but. When I was reading more into Texas Tech, I was thinking, oh, they're really good at intermediate passes. Well, we're screwed. Like, that's that's the game. Um, and again, like, really, really good performance by Arizona. Let's uh, – I want to get to your numbers, Rob. But first, like, Rick, if I were to tell you Arizona is 2-1 going into uh, going into conference play and Khalil Tate is throwing the ball more and the defense is kind of rough, would you take that? I mean, we would assume that the loss would have been to Texas Tech and not Hawaii, but still, like two and one, right? I mean, it would have been better being three and zero. I mean, I, I, I will say this: the way the schedule sets up, so there's a lot of guys that are nicked up, um, including JJ Taylor, who is out most of the second half, um, and we've got a bye week, and then we go into UCLA, which at this point, you know, they're talking about Chip Kelly running out of town before UCLA can actually fire him. So by the time we get out there, you know, who knows what the mindset's going to be after, you know, they have to go through uh, this week. I, I honestly believe by, that. By the way, though, to, to your point, UCLA is an 18 point underdog on the road at Wazoo. Like, and yeah. uh, I mean, they could lose that game. I actually think they're going to cover, but they could lose that game by, you know, 30 points. <laughs> it well, could get real ugly. So, so I think that, that being two and one, it sets up nicely for us to move into the schedule in a couple weeks, um, playing UCLA after they get off, uh, the road at Wazoo. Um, and I, I, with that game being at home, um, I definitely think that we're, we're going to be favored by, I would say at least 10 points. Um, but you know, it all depends. And I think UCLA always plays Arizona tough. Um, so it's, it's, it's a little bit of a trap game, but I think that's a winnable game. Then you're at three and one, then you got to go to Colorado and Colorado's kind of a crapshoot, but I think that's another winnable game. And then you get Washington at home, um, which which I think Arizona always plays well against Washington down down in the desert. So uh, you know, there's a, there's a really good chance that that Arizona could right the ship that this defense is legit, and that um, you know they pull out two more wins um, moving through you know these next three games. Um, and I I think that 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 bodes well for us to uh, get back to the postseason. But Rob, what do you think on this? I mean, I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think the, the Pac-12 in some ways is in Arizona's schedule and some of the hard games that I think we had circled on it are maybe a little more winnable. I mean, I don't think USC seems they seem OK, but they also seem like a bit of a basket case on offense. Stanford doesn't Stanford looks like a game that Arizona at least has a shot in. And I, I think that. Um, maybe I wouldn't have said that even at the beginning of the year that they would have probably been a 10 point dog in that game. Like depending on how things shake out, I don't know if that's the case. Um, I mean, if the defense holds the improvement, um, a lot of games, you know, become winnable and you get some luck and some turnovers and you're, you're bowl eligible. 
Um, you know, you miss you miss Washington State this year, which is a good thing because, man, Mike Leach certainly has Marcel Yates' number. I I, I like it. I mean, I I think this UCLA game is maybe a little tougher than people are giving it credit for right now. I, I I think UCLA's defense does some things well that Arizona you know doesn't you know might not be have a counter to. I mean, UCLA's defense is good at stopping the run. Um, they're terrible against the pass. I don't know that that necessarily lines up perfectly for the way Arizona plays. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're like, mostly is if the defense can take a step forward, the off, the offense is a little better, grading out a little better than their projection and where they were last year. So they're currently at 43. Um, the defense after this and then dropping the Northern Arizona game comes up to 88, um, which is, you know, worse than their projection. <laughs> um, but about, you know you know, a little worse than they were last season. Special teams is a little better than they were last season. I think they're, or maybe just right about they're at 99. Um, that's got to, I mean, I, I think over the season, like you really need to see the defense get down into near their projection in the sixties. Uh, if they can do that, you know, special teams gets maybe down in the sixties too. Arizona is like a middle of the road, pack 12 team and, you know, might have a, a shot to go play Cal and, and, and win a game. Don't say that. I, I mean, no, I mean, I'll, like Cal has improved. They look better. You know, I think their offense is a little bit better. Their defense is still lights out. But, you know, like I, I think down like I think that this team could improve as the season goes on. I think this wide receiver core is young and, and I, I really do expect to see growth over the season. Yeah, I, th- I think um, the counter to that, but also like, you know, I, I hope Arizona performs super well is Texas Tech was slated to win five and a half games this year by Las Vegas. Their offensive line wasn't as impressive as I thought it was. The play calling was pretty bad, but Arizona did everything it needed to in this game, like, you know, counter to that. So, but I do, I do think it could be like kind of a false positive. Let's see how we do against, I mean, the problem is like, so we play Texas Tech, we have a bye, we play UCLA who cannot score, (laughs) like just cannot move that football. And I will be watching that game to see how many points Arizona gives up because we should be able to hold them to 20, like max. That's a really, really bad offense. Um, Yeah. Brian, one other thing I was going to say too is I think we are the nation's leader for turnover, uh, either turnovers or turnover differential now. And it'll be interesting to see if they continue to generate that many turnovers, (laughs) if we can generate that into points, um, you know, and be a little more proficient at that. Well, I guess is no. (laughs) 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 That's a lot of turnovers. (laughs) Well, I would say Dorian Thompson Robinson has had eight fumbles and like seven interceptions. So, you know, nothing, nothing keeps the, the gravy train going than playing DTR. <laughs> like Steven, I mean, you're, you're, you're probably not going to get that against Colorado and Steven Montez. No, um, you might have to, I mean, they're, they're going to have to maybe win some games straight up. I mean, that was the, I mean, that was really the tough thing even too in that Hawaii. I mean, this Texas tech game, those turnovers, you know, helped quite a bit too. I mean, would you guys think that, I mean, because the pass rush was, was, was not still not great, great in this game. I mean, it was better. It was more evident. Um, you know, Bowman, I think did a, for the most part, did a good job of getting the ball out. But I mean, do you guys think at any point in the in this season, Arizona could get to the point where like guys really actually sort of start to hit the ceiling that we were? I mean, even maybe not even hit their ceiling, but like I don't know, just get to the point where maybe we can get like a game with uh, two or three sacks in it. I mean. 
I mean, I will say this. I felt like there were a lot of times, um, especially in that second half last night, where we had a, a three-man pass rush and we were getting pressure on a quarterback with three-man pass rush, which I would have said never in my mind would I think that this year we would have a situation like that. But it's one thing to get a, a hurry or a rush. It's a whole other thing to go get sacks out of that situation. And I still think you have to have way more production off the ends, which, you know, coming into the season, and we were really excited about Jalen Harris. And, um, you know, I thought he did some nice things last night, but really excited yeah. about JB Brown and how they were going to be utilized off the ends. And still, I think the ends are the weakest pass, weakest part of the pass rush. I think the, the interior of the line, I think, really pressed the issue way more than the ends did last night. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right. All right. So let's, <laughs> let's reset here. Let's reset. How many? Let's go through the schedule, and then and then we'll call it we'll call it quits here. Hold hold, please. Oh my gosh! Yes, and ESPN, like for the love of goodness, hold on. Do you want me to read them off to you guys? Hold I got, I got it. I got the games. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we both do. I just pulled it up. I, I just pulled it up on uh, this site you may have heard of, SharpCollegeFootball.com. <laughs> um, there's this there's this tool I've got, and you can pull up. You, you type in the team name, and it'll give you their uh, the running expected number of wins that they expect uh, over the season now, given the games they played, uh, the remaining games on their schedule. That, that kind is, of thing. This is long blooper reel. So we've got. Uh, oh, I if I forgot to add home and away on this. Ha! Shame on me, stupid Rob. So we've got UCLA, and we are uh, at home for that. Beta rank currently has that as Arizona as a two point favorite, 2.22. Um, we are on the road, Colorado, I believe. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. We're on the road. On the road, Colorado. Um, Beta rank has Colorado as a two and a half point favorite in that one. Uh, we get Washington at home. Um, and the, the Huskies are a 10 point favorite in beta rank. In I, w- that. I would say there take off a touchdown, just like they play so, yeah, so yeah. bad, uh, in Arizona for whatever, like the heat gets to them for whatever reason. So, and that's real. Like any Washington fan will tell you that. And then we have, we are on the road in the Coliseum and, uh, I, I think beta ranks overrating USC currently, and they're only a seven point favorite. Then, uh, we get st- do we get Stanford at home? No, we're on the road. On That's the road. Favorite. So beta, beta ranks got that at five right now. Uh, Stanford, if it weren't for their preseason projection, would be even lower than where they are. So we'll see how that settles out. We'll get a real good idea on Stanford this week with Oregon. Um, then we get uh, Oregon State, and that's at home. Uh, and, and beta ranks got us as a, almost five and a half on that one. Then we are on the road at Oregon in a uh, Justin Herbert's re- the Revenge of Justin Herbert oh game. Oh, my gosh. We're going to um, lose that by, like, 80 points. Bittering <laughs> already has that as a 20-point Oregon. Wow. going to beat the crap out of us. And it's going to wow. be cold. Like, oh, that's bad. That's it's bad. Always, we always flip-flop. It's always we beat the crap out of them down in Tucson, and they beat the crap out of us in Eugene. Yep, yep, exactly. <laughs> 
So right now, Bitterink's not madly in love with uh, Utah and the way they played in their first two games. I expect that that's going to that's gonna flip a little bit and Utah's going to come out a little better. But currently, and this game will be in Tucson, uh, Utah's almost a five-point favorite in Bitterink. And then Arizona State, uh, and we were just talking about this on the, twi- uh, the 12-pack radio podcast, Bitterink really likes their defense so far. And Arizona State would be a wait, wait, Rob. You mean Beta Rank and Brian Conger both? Like right, I mean, every, I mean, everyone I have been on that train. I don't know that they hold like where Beta Rank has them now in a very small sample size. I don't know that that holds up. Yeah. but um, they're about a seven, almost eight point favorite in that game. I I, I think that game is going to be fascinating because where are Arizona's young players versus where is Jaden Daniels by the time that game rolls around? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, so look at the schedule. Um, I pull five wins out of that schedule. Um, you know, basically putting us at seven wins for the year. And I think you go UCLA, um, I would say then I would pull out Colorado. I would pull out Stanford and I'd pull out Oregon state. And then uh, one of the last three, I think we win, which is uh, either Oregon, Utah um, or Arizona state. And I would lean probably the most towards Utah at the moment, but I think Arizona's in for revenge tour against Arizona state concerned the fact that they blew it so badly last year. So um, I would, I would say seven, eight wins at this moment. I'm gonna say basically with it. Go ahead. I'm gonna say six to seven. Six to seven. I'm always the pessimist, but uh, <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> I mean, so Beta Rank's got them right now at at, at five, counting the NIU game. So mm. um, as the as wow. the affected wins. So um, I mean, like if if they had come out of non-con, you know, having at three and zero, like they'd be in real good shape. Um, but it's tough. I mean, like that the UCLA, you know, like you're going to have to win Colorado. Like by the time that rolls around, that might be a toss up game um, in there. Colorado's defense looks really bad, but yeah. their offense looks pretty good. Um, and where to stand, I mean, where to Stanford sort of shake out and, and USC, but I mean, there's, there's still some real, real tough games on there. I mean, and, and Stanford is Lucy in the football every year. We play Stanford yeah. really well and then end up losing by like a touchdown or three points or they, they have some spectacular comeback. And I just like we're on the road there. I, I just don't think we win that game. But I don't, I, I don't think Oregon's close. I mean, I just. Yeah, no, no. I I just I, you know, I look at the, this this year and we're starting to say this every year where there's so much parity within the Pac-12 conference. But man, this year, I mean, you're looking if you're looking at and, and I think UCF's a good team. But I mean, Stanford just got waxed. I mean, from the get go. And when is the last time you saw Stanford get waxed like that? Um, you know, in, in in any facet. And and I just look at you know if, if you're looking for I guess the the teams that are kind of are, are going to rise to the top. I mean, I would say Arizona State still getting that win against Michigan State, even though their offense is putrid. Um, you know, is is a pretty good indicator of I think what Arizona State has this year, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think we know Utah is going to be the be good. Um, and I think that Oregon game is going to be tough, but then I look at the rest of these and I go, 
show? I have, I have no idea. I mean, if we play with some sort of consistency and, and that defense, um, you know, shuts, shuts down, um, you know, even, I, you know, I guess seven to 14 points a game, um, lower than what we've given up. I think it gives us a shot, especially if you get the offense on board. So I, I don't know. I just, the parody in the conference this year as shown by our PAC 12 picks, um, is, is insane. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think Oregon's really good. Washington state yeah. is quite good. Um, Washington is good. Um, Cal is eh, like Utah is very good. And then after that, no, we don't I think, get Cal this year. Thank God. Yeah. But, but, but is there anybody that you sit there? Well, and, and I would say the closest for me is Oregon, but there's not a game that I sit there and I go, we, we might as well not even watch. Oregon. Uh, that, I think that Oregon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That besides, Oregon. besides Oregon. People, people, people bashed on Oregon for that. Like Auburn's a very good football team. <laughs> um, and Oregon did something they didn't do last year, which is last season they sort of like you know like a little bit slept walk through non-conference, and it turned out that they weren't sleepwalking. They just weren't as good as the people thought. This year they are not sleepwalking. Like they are rolling. Um, I mean, we'll see, like they, they might come back down to earth a bit, but Baderink's got them at 13 right now. Um, and that offense, they've got at number nine, like they're, they look pretty good. Um, but I do think you're, I think that the, the middle of the PAC 12 and especially the, the PAC 12 South just seems just, just a total mess right now. Um, and I, and I think Washington, like it's, I'm glad Washington's on the early part of Arizona schedule. Yeah. They're figuring defense, it out. Yeah, the defense may have gelled by the time the end of the season rolls around. So, it, you know, get them early. It might be you might have a better shot. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm bullish on UCLA. And like, I think we could play well at USC. I think we could beat Stanford. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess what I guess what I'm saying is when I looked up on all of the blogs and kind of read up on everything this morning and I saw six Pac-12 teams but being ranked in the top 25, I was like, how, how did that happen? Cause I, I just don't, I, I think the conference is still very down compared to what it used to be. And I think that there's, it's tougher to find those one to two to three teams that, you know, used to be a USC or used to be, uh, you know, an Oregon that, you know, will just go ahead and blow the doors off everybody and carry the conference at, you know, 11, one or 12 and oh, who's so the sixth. I, I get, I get, so here I would do Washington state, Oregon, um, Utah, um, Washington state, Oregon, Utah, Cal's ranked, Cal, Arizona rank state's Cal. ranked. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's the, what's the other one? Shoot. Maybe it was five. Never mind. Four or five, five or six. One of the two. Maybe USC still on accident. Yeah. Yeah. USC, I think was still on the fringe is what I read. Okay. Yep. Mm. Okay. So I don't know. I mean, I, again, it's just, it's just kind of, you kind of get that feeling. And I think, you know, relative to, you know, Rob's numbers, I think you kind of get the interpretation of how the conference is going to play out as you get a couple more games into the schedule. But, you know, I, I wasn't terribly optimistic, especially after us losing to Hawaii. But I do think that, um, you know, I think that there's a, some optimism that can be had out of, uh, you know, the, the middling, uh, you know, of the, the Pac-12 and, and what I think the rest of our schedule has to offer outside of a couple games. So. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's a good way like part to end on because this was a big win for it might not be a big win because of it was texas tech but it's a big win for the fan base and for the coaching staff and for the players because two and one 
at a non-conference, you can reset, you have your buy, and now and now here we go. So um, so we will continue to keep an eye on stuff, and we'll keep keep uh, tuning in here, but also for Ronnie and Adam, who will continue to just break down the teams that we're playing. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for following us on Twitter, at Wildcat Radio AZ, and subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, you name it. We are there, and we will catch you next week. I looked at the schedule yesterday. That must have been last year's schedule, right? Uh, Probably. Hold on. Let me. Hold on. Because I think we're going to beat UCLA by like 14 points. I mean, I'd like to think so, but. Dude, dude, just be careful. Like, what did we talk? We just talked about. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that on the podcast. you You know what UCLA sucks at? Defending the pass. You know what they're pretty good at? Oh, yeah, yeah, defense. yeah. That's so like, okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, like, they, they, like, Arizona fans are going to watch UCLA get absolutely, like, roundhouse kicked out of Pullman. And they're going to be like, we're going to win by 40 points. Mm. And then, like, it's just going to be, like, two-yard yeah. run after two-yard run after yeah. two-yard run. Like, oh. Uh. <laughs> All right. Let me, let, me re- yeah. let me reset this, guys, real quick. I might, I might put this in the bloopers. <laughs> 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 All right, go ahead. Go ahead.